0: On the next episode of Best Conversations Podcast, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Cape Fear Christian Academy's head coach, Stephen Mims Jr. Me and Coach Steve talks about his legacy, his journey, and everything he's doing in the youth and the community with Fayville, his training videos, and his journey on becoming a head coach. A great interview, a great sit down. Coach Steve has an amazing story on how he made it to where he is. So make sure you check out this interview and every interview of best conversations podcast. All right, man, best conversations podcast. You know, I like to do up and close interviews with people I admire that I feel like is definitely making a change in the community and it's definitely doing great things in the community. Uh, I got my brother Steve. I just know him from hooping at Steve from <laughs> from back in the day. But now my brother is doing great things, is uh, mentoring, coaching, um, is the new head coach at uh Cape Fair uh Christian uh Cape Fair Christian Academy. Academy. Yes, sir man. So the first time I met you, you probably don't even remember this. <laughs> we was uh we used to hoop at UNCG. Okay. This was like 06, 07. Oh man. remember we used to hoop outside of UNC? Yeah. yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember. Exactly. What was you what 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 was you doing at that point in your life? Like what like was you going to UNCG? I used to just remember you out there busting people ass. I I didn't know exactly what you had going on. Was you going to the school or not?
1: I think at that time I had just come back from playing I was in school, right? And then um I got an opportunity to play ball overseas. Like, I had a crazy situation happen. Like, I was playing D2 basketball at Wingate University in my very, um, I had a, a year and a half left. And so after my one year I was there, a year and a half I was there, um, a situation happened where some kids had some strippers and some stuff come in and were doing some wild stuff in the, in the dorm room, not the dorm, but our own um, little townhouse joints. And I wasn't involved, but I was there. And so, like, they put me in a situation where they were like, you know, um, we know you weren't involved, but you need to tell us who was involved or you're going to be held accountable. And, you know, I was an older college player because it took me a little longer to get where I needed to be. So I just felt bad because when they came in, you know, we, we showed them kind of a similar way. You know, we had girls and parties and stuff, and they were doing stuff. They were, they were underage for it. So I just I took the rap. And I told him, nah, man, I, I can't really say nobody's name. So buddy said, you're not going to say nobody's name. You, you can't play next year. Wow. So I was like, well, all right, no worries. I'm not going to do it. My dad was high <laughs> <laughs> was With me. So I ended up going back to UNCG. And then, so this guy found out I was available, I guess. It was like, like right after I flipped there. And I didn't hear any phone calls the whole summer. So I went back to, um, I went back to UNCG. And then like a week into school, I get a phone call from this lady and she's like, is your is your phone number three, three, six, blah, 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 so I'm like, Yes. She said, is your name Steven and Steven Miller? Yes. Yeah. She said, Oh, my gosh. Yo, I had like 90 phone calls from coaches asking about you. But the problem was I had already enrolled at UNCG mm-hmm. back in Tennessee just to finish up school. So by going D2 back to D1, I had already enrolled, I couldn't get out of it, I couldn't accept any of the offers. Hmm. And So once that happened, like a week later, it's funny how God worked, I got a call as an opportunity to go play ball overseas. So wow. I just talked to my people to see what was up. I dropped everything and I bounced. I went over there, played for about two months, got injured, but um. And it was kind of like, it was lower level. It wasn't like I was making heavy bread like that. It was one of them situations where you're trying to boost your portfolio because you came from a smaller school. So I had to make myself more viable. So how you started from the beginning, it was crazy. Like Dennis Rodman was in my league trying to get back into the NBA. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Slippery courts. I remember this dude hot spit on my shoulder. Like, at a, at a, like oh, man, it was a big brawl. It was you know, when you're trying to really like, people don't understand, people that play overseas go through a whole bunch, man. That language barrier is so different being in another country and not, like, and it was crazy when I first got over there, um, I, I'm supposed to meet the guy and he's not there. And so all I see, and I'm in Germany, I, all I see is, is black people. And so I'm thinking, you know, let's go to them and ask them, what's up? They speak. Right. They speak French, so I'm looking it's crazy. crazy. And then they're insulted if you don't know any of their language. So wow. they're not going to help you. Luckily, I found, like, an internet thing. So that's kind of how I got caught up when I, I went overseas and played. and I came back, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to finish school, see what's up. So I was still kind of playing ball, you know, and staying in shape because there were some other opportunities where I was supposed to kind of do some stuff back overseas and maybe get into the NBA. But, you know, things didn't necessarily go that direction.
0: Word. So – um so so where where you where you where you originally from, bro? Cause I mean, I, I like I said, I have known you from hooping, I I've seen you just out and about, you know what I mean? We always embraced and uh but I but I never really ever really had like a full in depth conversation, which I just know you're from just busting busting people ass on that call. <laughs> yeah. So where you originally from, bro?
1: From Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um I went to I went to um Morganton Road Elementary, which mm-hmm. is west was the west side. I went to Westover Junior High back then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I went there seventh and eighth grade. Then in ninth grade, I went to Smith. So I went to both of the tough schools. G. E.
0: Smith. Yeah. Did, you, uh, did Did you run to J Cole on the court uh, around that time? Nah, man,
1: nah, I never ran into J Cole on the court. I mean, no disrespect to him, but you know he he probably wouldn't have been on our court. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm lying. I'm lying. Later after the fact after he became who he was and stuff, because a lot of my friends are kind of real tight with him, like Jesse and Maul. Mm-hmm. So he, I remember one time I did go to the gym and he played, but I was like, it was later. I might have been like, I was in my 30s at least, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And he, he wasn't, he, yeah, I mean, he could dunk. He mm-hmm. dunked like once, but I mean, he wasn't really like, he wasn't like that. He's a cool cat, though. Straight up guy, too. Like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, how he looks, as authentic as he is online, he's exactly that authentic in person. Yeah, you, you could
0: definitely just, you could definitely tell that, like, easily. But, he, but he's
1: an average ball player
0: at best. At best. Word. So you say you went to Wingate? Uh, Wingate, right? Yeah. So uh, that's where uh, Levar Harrington went to. Not not Levar, but uh, uh, Lorenzo Han- Harrington. Lorenzo Harrington. He's from. How my- you
1: know? How you know June? That's my guy.
0: I'm, f- I'm from Way. We from both from. Oh, Way-Groom. you are from Waygroom? I'm from Waygroom.
1: No, you ain't yeah. from the country. I ain't know that. So, you
0: know, um, yes.
1: oh, so you close to Larnberg and all that.
0: Yes, that's right. That you know, uh,
1: LB, what's LB's name? He went to Wingate with me. He's from y'all area. Oh, you're
0: talking about Lamar Brown. Lamar Brown, he raps. Yeah, he raps. La- Brito the Beast. <laughs> Brizzo the Beast, yes,
1: small yes. Oh, girl, small Cause girl. girl. Cause all, that's my my He went to Wingate
0: with me. Yeah, oh, word. Y'all was there at Wingate together, Yeah. So, yeah, from being for Wagerman, seeing Junior, because his dad coached Little League. So it was like, that was like our first superhero from the hood. You know what I mean? Well, we grew up like, together, play AAU
1: together. The reason I went to Wingate was because he went to the NBA from there. I had a lot of other offers to go other places, but I felt like that was going to be the fastest track considering he just left there and they were in Charlotte. Uh, Keenan Dunn's father worked with. The Denver Nuggets. So it was really a great opportunity to get yourself in a situation where maybe, you know, people look at you like a pro. But I mean, he was a different type of animal. He's a full balanced breakfast. This boy's like mm-hmm. super amazing athlete. You know, like, you ain't going to really see an athlete like him. Even now, you know, he's almost 40. He might be 40. Mm-hmm. He's still probably windmilling on that. Like, it's not real at all. Like, not, he's not fair.
0: Word. So, so, so take me through your high school career, bro. Like, um, um, did did you did, did you feel like did you feel like you accomplished everything you wanted to do and and on the high school level no absolutely not this
1: didn't go like my I was not storybook for me you know um i i have more street credibility as far as my game rather than really like on the actual if we go check stats and go check this now I always won I played for teams that won and I had an intricate part in that but I was never I I got better later that makes sense, like you got to recognize, like my father, you know, he, uh, he was, he was a late bloomer, you know, he didn't touch a basketball till he was in the 12th grade. And it's cause he was picked at, you know what I'm saying? so like, you know, coach Walker, um, Walker Senior, I think he's not alive. We're rest in peace. You know, Ike Walker jr. Is the coach at Jack Britt. You know, he's the one to put the ball in his hand, threw the ball at him, you know, like, don't be no one. You gotta gotta do something with that height. So, you know, he, he got a crazy opportunity. So when it came to me, I was kind of different. You know what I mean? Like he, I actually got into basketball because I was a follower when mm-hmm. I was younger, and like these these kids, like my parents were trying to like you know raise me different. They had I me mean, like in a middle eight, a middle a middle class neighborhood where you know a lot of the kids were doing things they weren't necessarily very mischievous. You know, stealing stuff, going and you know throwing, putting. Oh man, so much crazy
0: stuff we don't even want to go into. But all that to say the um, and the Ville was crazy, man.
1: Yeah, so I got I got bopped in that. So my my dad was like, when I got some real trouble for like shooting some kid with like a, a pellet rifle or something, you know what I'm saying? Playing around, and he he, uh, he put the ball in my hand. You know, he had he you know he he was really good friends with George and Austin Lehman. And back then, nobody really knew how to teach a kid how to play basketball, you know. But my dad had put me around the game for so long. I had such I had such a love for it you know, when he started teaching me, he just, you know, he started out with just two basketballs and then it just, it went from there. And, you know, I, a lot of stuff I did was things I saw on TV. So I had good and bad habits. So like going into high school, you know, I was really like highly touted, but not highly touted, like you would say, like it is now, like when you're highly touted now, because some writers spoke about you and there's a lot of colleges that are interested in you. No, 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 I'm talking about streetwise, like, yo, everybody, like, yo, Lil' Mims is going over to Smith, we got to go watch, we got to go support you. You know, you got that yo, yo, whatever, whatever. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? I was, and then back then, the things that I did on the court that I thought were, were stuff, you know, I, I was really good at showmanship. So <laughs> people didn't understand, like, a lot of times when people make it to the next level does not always because of just regular skill set. They're also fun to watch. Some kids aren't really that, aren't, don't know how to play basketball, but they're really fun to watch. So, I was one of those kids. I never really got taught the basic fundamentals, other than my dad just taught me how to dribble two basketballs, go through my legs behind my back. And then from then on, anything else I learned, I learned on my own from watching or playing pickup ball or doing whatever. So, I had a lot of good and bad habits. So, going into E. Smith, it was kind of a conflict because, you know, Coach McNeil and my dad both went to Smith, you know what I'm saying? And both of them were Hall of Famers. Might have been a rift between that or something. But, you know, he didn't want to feel like he had to give me something I didn't deserve. And back then, I didn't understand that. And so, you know, people would come. And when I first got there, I, he tried to put me on varsity in ninth grade. I wasn't strong enough. You know what I mean? But I was – I couldn't really be play. Un-
0: I don't be understanding that. Like, man, I just remember – I remember to being in the ninth grade like, like, how the hell – like, you had to be super nice to play. Is well, like,
1: my 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 team was – was crazy we had four different – uh, McDonald's All-Americans, wow. like nominees, like Garvin Davis, the six ten, he was the McDonald's nominee. Terrell Robinson, who's now the coach at a who was probably going to probably be a Hall of Famer from A&T. He actually was on the um, Wheaties box with his team. Jerry Smith, he went to the Navy, he was a McDonald's All-American, and then we had Ronald McKnight, who went to East Tennessee and was uh, played overseas and was a flat-out legend. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm walking in, then Jeter Gamble was like Dennis Rodman back then. He didn't even really know it. He just jumped out the gym and defended and blocked everything. And then, Lord Jesus, on the bench, every top football player, Joey Evans went to Carolina. You had, oh, my gosh, bread truck. You know, there was some goons on the team. You know what I'm saying? that. You know, it, it was just really physically back then. You know, if, if, the, if the rules were like now, I'm not. They'd have been in trouble because you couldn't put your hands on people. But back then, if you try to turn the corner, it is you're definitely going right out of bounds. You know? And and, and the side mm-hmm. of town I, go ahead. Did you run in uh Eric Maynard? Oh yeah, I raised him. Raised Man. Eric. Yeah, raised Eric got skipped up quite a bit. Now I will tell you, um, I might always I was older than him though. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But when he got older, I remember one time he he he. Really, I knew. I knew he was gonna be what it is. We were playing at uh Lee Field not Leafle, but um, Pope Air Force Base, Sean, uh, Sean Griffin, which is Newt's dad, was there. All of them was on the team. Um, He had, what's the boys to come with him with? The kid from Smith that went to Westover initially. I can't remember his name, but he was a killer. All of them was together. They always come to the gym, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, his dad would always say, yo, yo George Maynard, i like, yo, kill him, yo, like, raise him, like, destroy him, Steve. Like, he doesn't, he got to get better. He think he like that. So... I would always just destroy him. And then just one day we was playing and I'm really just not taking him serious. Like I'm taking the ball, three dribbles, staying out of bounds, hitting jumpers. Did he come down and he bop, bop, and, and, and was hitting this floater, my G. And he, wrong with that he, <laughs> uh, he gave me like nine with the floater. Now I had like 11, but, mm-hmm. but and we're going to 12, but literally nine floaters like I was like and you know I was like good god and my homeboy Robbie you know he fell overseas he's like yo why you don't lock that up because I ain't really never had nobody you know cook me I ain't, mm-hmm. you know, people don't really speak on what I did to physically but I never really got cooked like that but he i never forget that and I was like oh yeah and I followed him from then on his people his dad and my dad always played together you know with when they worked at correctional facilities and stuff like that people don't know his pops could shoot from half court the mm-hmm. Chicago um, Bulls had like two trials for him he just didn't show up he went to one and didn't go to the other. You know what I mean? And then his brother, I played with his brother, Tony Crawford, at Hope County. And mm-hmm. He probably averaged about 25 a game. Like he was the killer. Like we had the boxing one, deny him the ball. I had the guarding. You know, I probably hold him like 15, but he shot every shot he wanted. He shot it from half court. Like he shot when he went left handed. So, like, you know, Eric and them, much respect for how they held it down in Rayford. and you know how entertaining. You know he—he he, like right now. Eric is like a legend. You don't know say He probably scored like twenty-seven hundred
0: points Super legend. at BCU. Super You know legend. what I mean? You know what I mean, yeah, legend for what he did in the uh in the NCAA tournament. You know. What I mean?
2: Oh my god.
0: You know what I mean? And then if you, he's you in a, a dual dual player, call, you almost,
2: yeah. oh my god.
1: Just a flat-out pro, man. You know, just went to the league and got in a situation where you know he. He just defensively was more so his issue. We had nothing to do with offense. He just couldn't keep up with the athletes. He didn't have the type of team that would hide that. Like Jameer Nelson played with Dwight Howard. So we never knew how awful of a defender he was. And not to say that Eric is an awful defender, but to guard J.J. Barrera, Ty Lawson, those guys. What you going to do with all that space? Any, any
0: behind I mean, and he was behind Westbrook, too. So. Come on now. Hold up, hold up, hold up.
1: Was behind Westbrook. Learned from Duran Williams because initially he was in Utah. I
2: right. forgot where
1: else he was at. He learned. Oh, I think he went to the Wizards, so he was behind behind John Wall. So right. he played behind three show enough
0: yeah. point guards. Yeah, yeah, big boy point guards, man. So, so, um, oh, you were asking about high school. My yeah. bad,
1: I got derailed. High school, um, ninth grade year, play JV. We didn't lose, but maybe one game. If we didn't lose 10th right. grade year, maybe lost two games. Um. Going into my junior year, uh, I, I expected to do some really big things. We had a really good team. Who, who was the big dog back in seventy first? Huh? Well, seventy first of the big dog back then. Well, what do you mean by big dog? I mean, yeah, they was they was a killer. I mean, they were the team to beat. They were our I mean, rivalry.
0: I went. I went to Scotland, so every the, the the high school team that I would always hear the most hoopla about from Fayetteville would always be seventy first. So I played them, and they beat y'all every year. Y'all ain't hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotland, we, I mean, shout out to, we did have some some good hoopers, but we're most known for football than and basketball. Oh,
1: nobody wants no parts of y'all in football. We we don't have any disrespect that <laughs> direction. <laughs> right. We don't want no problems. You know, we are here to Yeah, but, there, well, you know, what back then, Douglas Bird was talking about then, though, I'm lying. With the parolees back then, Douglas Burr was serious. Mm-hmm. And depending on what area you're talking about, it was some killers too around the way. So, you know, but, When we was coming up, you know, 71st was that heat. Pine Forest was that heat. You know, uh, we were that heat. Westover was really fun to watch. They had a lot of good guards and stuff. So, you know, my junior year, we we did really well. Went to the regionals and lost to uh, Michael Jordan's team, Delaney. They had, like, three Dickinson brothers. Then that next – then, like, my senior year, we may have lost three games. Mm. And we lost to Anthony Jefferson from Leesville. And we would, we it was two minutes left, two seconds left, like five left, seconds left in the game. They had the ball on the other end of the court, and my man, who had probably the best game in his life, Brian Stillman, You don't even get get that close to that game if he don't have a game he had. But he he had a had a brain fart. He goes to the other end of the court and fouls the kid for no reason. No time on the court. He gets two free throws, and the game is over. The whole season's done. Mm. You remember you ever heard of Kenny Haywood? Kenny Haywood, not not familiar, not familiar. Who, oh man, you gotta. Well, you don't want to, yo, he's a hall of famer. He went to Philadelphia State, he played with me, so he's somebody okay. you want you to know.
0: Word, see, when I think about Favorite State, I think way back when beat was the uh, what was the point guard that went to Fable State way back in the day? Played in the which Atlanta one? Atlanta? They had quite a few. You talking about um, the one from Yahweh,
1: what's the, what's the boy's name? He was a killer what oh, yeah. what they call him? The NBA player him? with the Fayetteville State. I think it was... Well, him. you talking about? Blue Blue is from Scotland County, won't
0: he? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But it's somebody else who y'all had. It was another guard, I think, from y'all way. A little country strong guard. It was no joke.
0: Uh, Jeremy Bostick was good. You, you remember Jeremy Bostick? Could shoot the lights out. That's my man, people.
1: I thought he from, like Pinehurst area, Southern Pine. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He played. He played ball. He played ball at uh, yeah community college there. Yeah, shoot the lights out. Yeah, that was that. Was that.
1: Played some summer league with him, and yeah, he could shoot the ribbons off of it.
0: Word. So, um, what, let's talk about your basketball journey. Like, um, so playing, like I said, you was playing ball over. You playing ball overseas. Um, how did how did you make the transition into coaching? culture?
1: Oh man, everything happens crazy, you know. Um, when I got back from playing, see, I realized like high school, you know, college, you know, just bad decisions, partying. And I went from like five 5'11 five to like 6'5 in the summer,
0: you know. And, you were, and then, strong. Then, you were strong, too, G. Like you were strong, like, 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 keep, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, you know how you'd be playing pickup and then you'd be like, yo. Know, is like too good to be out here with us like <laughs> what is he doing like you I, I used to have my mamas with you at uncg like like why are you out here with us
1: <laughs> well man you know i just i played I mean, when i even when i went to uncg before i had ever really played any collegiate basketball um i went wherever the smoke was you know we from fayetteville man you know you, you want wherever the best bump is and you want to solidify who your name is so if they was playing, I should have probably been studying or being in class, but <laughs> you know, I I was
0: out there chasing you playing ball. Shit, dog. You used to want all the smoke. You used to talk so much shit. Oh man, yo,
1: as, as I've
0: gotten older, man,
1: I I do recognize this. I had a lot of angels around me because it could have been a lot of situations that could have went the left, you know what I mean, by me being so competitive. But I think just how he one Well, people what I noticed when I was when I, when I was younger, but that people can't talk trash and play. You know, they never can or they can't have a discussion. They have to they only do one thing at a time. So if I'm able to talk to you and you talk back or you don't understand, you know what I'm saying, or you're frustrated, it really, you know, it is an advantage for me. And sometimes people will be like, Yo, he's a jerk or he's that, but some of the greatest basketball players you've ever watched are the worst. People don't really wanna be if you watch that last dance with Mike, you know, it's a prime example of a leader, you know, just being you know, it's hard when you're the best or you're one of the best or wherever you're at, you're one of the top per people to get there. You had to be a certain type of person, you know what I'm saying? You had to have a certain type of mindset psychologically. So when you're when you're when you're competing against people, a lot of times, man, even now I, I beat you before I touch the court. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even know. You know, you're already angry about something you don't need to be angry about. You know what I mean? You already think about stuff you ain't got to be thinking about. Can you be mentally strong? So going into, uh, when, once, I, once, I fit, once I played ball over season, came back, and things weren't rolling like they needed to, uh, I was just going to go back to school. Then my mom hit me and was like, yo, I'm about to lose these group homes. I need you to go ahead and come up and help me out. She had like four or five of them in Wilmington so i'm in the middle of you know finishing up school my last semester i drop all my classes because you know it's family first it's my mom so i bounce i move i, I leave an apartment in Wilmington and greensboro fully fully housed and I, and I go all the way there and i start working in group homes with my mom with level three at-risk kids me my cousin from philly and my cousin that i grew up with so you know, it was just so that was like four or five years. I stayed there working with at-risk kids and grinding. At that point, I wasn't really playing ball. I gained weight, had dreads. You know what I'm saying? I was. Play, I tried out for a little team out there, but I wasn't really in shape. You know what I mean? And I, and I um, I did some basketball camps, and I just decided. You know, while I was there, I started. I kind of started my training business, which was in LA. Um, it was. It started out just like you know. Uh, if you look at my initial videos, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just putting moves out there that I, I stole from Tim Hardaway or whoever else, and I was just doing like instructionals. And I, and I got a whole bunch of views off of and People was telling me thank you and stuff. And then, you know, once I, I did stop doing group homes, Well, while I was doing group homes, what I did notice is that when I would use basketball as an incentive, like I would teach them the game from mm-hmm. them doing what they're supposed to do, you know, it it, it, would, it would motivate them. So like, did you do your homework? Did you clean up? Okay, I'll I work on your jump shot tonight. You know what I'm saying? And, and these are kids that didn't really, you know, they've been raped. They've been left, abandoned. They've been beaten and abused. And they just needed some dopamine. They just needed something to, to have some confidence with. So what was the one thing? And people don't understand. They think that basketball is about basketball. It's not. Basketball teaches life. You know, basketball is a situation where you, it's something where you can actually not lose anything but learn about everything. Adversity, hard situations, communication, being injured. You know, you got to learn it's all kind of stuff that basketball can teach you leadership etc so it was something that i was as a tool that was able to help me with those kids because they didn't really have a lot you know saying going for them on their side you know they've been in the system forever so when i finally got out of it my mom and dad was like and that was when i got the opportunity where this guy was like look i know about you i know what's going on it's like an angel or something he was like I want to, I want you to play for the Utah Jazz because of your game. I just think that you'd be up. But I don't think you're ready yet. He said, So I want to send you overseas for like two years. I said, cool. So while I'm thinking about doing this and I'm working out trying to get in shape, it doesn't work out. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to lift and trying to do whatever, and it just hurts. It's not fun having it. And so I had to be true to the game. But like, man, this is. It's. I'm already too old to start. Doing the stuff that I didn't get to do when I was younger, you know. I mean, I had to rebuild my whole body and be completely right. different. And I still, I got, a, I got a kid, I got all kind of stuff I got to worry about. So I don't know if I had time to keep tracing this brain. Then I get, I get caught up in a situation, not a bad situation, where I got to go on tour with this new artist going out, my homeboy um Nate Walker. He had a, a Grammy, his first ever song he ever wrote, and it was to blame it on the alcohol joints. So he was touring on his own. He got backing by his, his um his uncle and his aunt, you know, which he was a, a, a football player for the 49ers, so believe it or not, like, my life was crazy, so I went from life is playing crazy. ball, okay. <laughs> right, right, playing ball, working with group homes, then I go on tour, right, with music, and I don't have any musical ability, but Buddy was around me, and he just loved my vibe, my energy, He's like, yo, this be my hype, man, I just want you with me when I go out. You know, he just liked how I was just with people, so like, bro, I went on like a four-month, everywhere. And I'm talking about places you would have never gone, like Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, yeah. Seattle, uh, Philly, uh, we was everywhere. And I had and man being on tour, man, that is so crazy. So much fun, man. I and can I can that, see man. why like musicians and stuff be caught up in so much. Because it's just so much available. And it's so many different people. And you may have a good night one night you want you think every night's gonna be that way. You know what I'm saying? So you get caught in situations like that. So, but it was just an amazing opportunity. But then I, then after that, when I got back, you know what I'm saying? I got back home. Uh, the only reason why I got a group home is because they stopped the funding. You feel what I'm saying? So my mom was like, we're about to close them down. We're about to be done with this. Um, I had worked so many hours over, you know, what do you call it? Overtime? Mm-hmm. I had done so many overtime hours that, and I was doing it. It, was, it wasn't illegal, but she, my, I wasn't have, making my mom pay me. But okay. when it when closed, they was like, you do got to pay them back. So it ended up being a situation where my mom and it was like, well, what do you want to do? We're going we gonna to support it. And that's when I was, gonna, I was training, trying to work out for basketball, staying home. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do. And so they still had to pay me during that time. And I was getting unemployment. Mm-hmm. So it was like for a whole year and a half, I had done that much overtime where I didn't have to go really to work. Wow the money was just stacked, you know what I mean? They would just, just throw me a check every week. So, and I was just training and grinding, and then it just didn't go like I thought it was gonna go, you know what I'm saying? And Then I got home and I, I started like, but it was like, um, that's when I met, Well, my nephew was, was in like seventh grade, and he was at, in a private school. He was playing AU with Dennis Smith Jr., Quay Parker, Mark Gilbert, all of these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Young, nobody knows them. So they're like, you know, and I'm, I'm around a little bit and they're like, hey man, you wanna work them out and do some things with them, you know, since you play college ball? Cool, so I started, you know, working with them and adding and showing them stuff. And They got older, you know, and then I started doing my training business, stuff was booming. I was doing it on Fort Bragg and making a killing. And then the lady that worked there was like, yo, she was so cool, like, and mind you, during this time, I was keeping my daughter because I had a really crazy heartbreak for the girl I was with. So I was just I was stuck, you know what I mean? And then I ended up my daughter, my um, my baby mother allowed me to get my daughter full time. She was at that age; she was three, and it just changed my life completely. Like my my consistency, my you know me doing things the right way. You have to. And my daughter was like, would not leave me. She wouldn't let nobody keep her. She wasn't like it was none of that. It was like no. I'm gonna cry, you leave me, I'm gonna flip the whole time, like, I'm not playing with you. And see, she she was with her mother, so she had some issues where like, communication-wise, she was more like her mom. She wasn't outspoken, and she was all shy, when she's around me. You know, we was able to change that, get her school stuff going, everything. Got her in more for all that. And so then at that point, I had started, you know, I was grinding on base, I got kicked off base, because I was making too much money, and there's too many people, they say, can't make money on federal property, which I never got paid on federal property, But people just going at me so much it was such a buzz right there at Coscom he kicked me out so I was like I know what I'm gonna do so at that point I was staying with my, me and my best friend were staying together uh, in Harris place so my um I met Dennis Smith Jr's dad he was like look I got Seabrook yeah, you can use it to train but I got it for three hours just just work my boys out mm. it's nothing that's easy money so that's when I you know coached last. Coach Cliff, all those guys over there, and I went to Smith, we was just family. Roger Brown was over there, all of us. So uh, I would I would train. And so like when I go over there, you know, it's the it's, it's the hardest part of the of, of of the city. So I lost really all my clients. We only mm-hmm. had one client. But I never stopped training. So I would go up there and sometimes it'd be 40, 50 kids in there with no money, you know, nothing to do, and I was still training. And we would start out six o'clock and go over to Felber State, we run the bleachers, run miles work on their hops, they get back over there and do drills for an hour. Then they, I would invite every person from the city that was an older head and let them smash their head for mm. a whole hour. And we did that for like a summer and a half at least. And, you know, even though I wasn't getting paid, God blessed me on the back end because every kid that came out of there was pretty much a college prospect that was a top-notch guy. That's and then right. I was doing more. I was videoing them. I was going to all their games. I was doing, I was just so supportive and I was just trying to get them exposure. I was like, yo, this can't be normal. This kid's dunking in eighth grade. This kid is doing this. And I was like, this is nuts. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, and JJ came along and all these other ones. Like It was just so many killers. It's Malik and Telly. So I was just, you know, I was grinding. And as that happened, you know, I got more opportunities to train other places. And I was able, I was doing Seabrook for a very long time. And then Coach Les kind of uh, he stepped down, and I didn't feel comfortable with the people that was there, so I started paying for my own spot. I went to Trinity. I used to train at join uh, off of, uh, Morganson Road, the church over there. I can't think of the name of it, but you just name every place here. I, I pretty much trained at, and then so I got a real great rapport with players. You know, I had Josh Nickelberry since he was like seven, eight years old. Like I had all these kids early before they, or I had them later, and so. Then it just it just opened up a door where um, Coach Heard Brian Heard um, is the assistant is the head coach right now at Federal Tech. He got the job and he called me off a referral. Was like, "Yo, would you coach with me? I heard you got all the players on smash. I know you know what you're doing. I want to give you an opportunity. No degree now because I went and played ball overseas and didn't come back. And then I worked. So I was like, "Word, you know, to have an opportunity to coach college ball with no degree." No real experience, you go is, right into is that, JUCO. Is, is that possible? Like, is that? Well, it was JUCO, so it was like you yeah. know, and and, and you, you'll be surprised. He he's the head coach there. I don't know how many. You don't have no great like they don't have to have that to have it if they want to. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But to coach like Division two, II, Division three, all that stuff, you gotta have one. But um, probably a master's too, uh, in some cases. So I got the opportunity, you know, started coaching there um the first year we didn't we didn't have we didn't get to recruit really we had to bring who was around so we may have won like five games so Mm -hmm. the next year we did get to recruit and we won like 23 games word right can you see me my joint just kind of blink okay yeah okay you good and then after we we did that you know what i'm saying um the very next year now mind you the whole time i was there they never paid me
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm doing all this recruitment I'm doing yeah. all this training. Now, they, they, nah, they also let me use their gym, but that wasn't supposed to be the barter. You know, yeah. what the barter was, they let me use the gym and they would pay me. They didn't pay me, but they let me use the gym, so I didn't bug out. I had the gym whenever I wanted. Then they stopped letting me use the gym. So now I'm, I'm bringing new players. I'm training your kids. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm coaching. I'm, I'm, I'm helping kids with their grades. I'm, you know, I'm housing them. I had like a whole house with four of them in there. You know, one of our houses, I let them stand, and they, they paid rent, but they tore it up. You know what I'm saying? And it just wasn't, recipro- it wasn't reciprocated. So then, I, I, and then a situation happened with a player, so I just kind of like, it got too personal. What I learned, when I was a trainer, your relationship is real close with the kids. You know, y'all are like brothers. Mm-hmm. When you're a coach, it can't be that because they misinterpret it when it's time for you to lay the law down. Absolutely. And, I, and then you're working with dealing with Juco kids. So a kid that had nothing was there. And we had like a little flare up, try to shine on me online. So he was trying me on the bus and was clowning. And immaturely, I responded back, clowning back at him when he got sensitive. Mm-hmm. So a situation where I could have been straight, but I, I was like, you know what? This, this is probably not the level I need to be at right now. You know what I'm saying? Because this age group, that's gonna take me a little bit more patience. You know what I mean? And it took a lot out of me with other situations where I had put a lot into some kids and they kind of just kind of went their way. You know what I'm saying? It was never really like a thank you or whatever else. So that had just consistently always was happening. So I just wanted to go somewhere that was smart. I was like, I got to make a bigger move. So I ran some basketball camps. I ended up running a basketball camp at Fable Academy. And I heard that Coach Boyette was going to probably get the job. So when I saw that, I was like, hmm, he got both of them twins, Emmanuel and Will. Shoot, got Will, got Walter, okay. If we can get John Michael over there, boom. So we I just hollered at him. I was like, look, man, I wanna learn from you. I've only played for black coaches. I wanna understand structure. I wanna learn, I wanna do whatever. I'm gonna help you build your program and I'm gonna train your guys. Really all I would like in return is for you to allow me to use the gym and the coach, which let me learn whatever. He was like, All right, let me holler at my man. And they let me in. And so the first year my first year ever coaching, um, high school basketball as an assistant. We won the state championship, and then I also coached the middle school team, full of, you know, and we, we won the whole thing too. So I won two chips that first year. Then the next year we lost every single player, right? So we walked, uh, I had to bring in, and mind you now, it cost $17,000 to go to school. Here. You
0: know what wow. I'm saying
1: that? In a city we're calling Fayetteville. And I was able to bring in six more players. Mm. But we were all babies, so they were young. So this past year, we. So how go ahead.
0: how how do do how do these um kids pay their tuition? Like when they when they go to these. Well, they guys. have a
1: now okay. So this situation depends on your background. Like if you are in a situation where you know they'll, they'll, what they do is they have this uh, opportunity scholarship. They gauge how much money you make, your income, how much every all oh, this is going towards whatever, whatever. And if you qualify, you can qualify up to forty two hundred dollars to get it to, to any school you want to, and then. You know, like for example, at Fayetteville Academy, if you're playing a sport, they got a chancellor, they got a scholarship where they can cut it in half, so they go from seventeen to uh, what eight or something like that. would apply forty-two hundred to it. Now you now you see something workable. You see what I'm saying? If you go somewhere like Trinity, you got forty-two hundred towards it. You probably don't have to pay anything. Go to Village, you know, you might pay two three hundred a month. You know what I'm saying? So so this is kind of how kids get an opportunity to play private school ball and the reason they a lot of times kids go to private school is to reclass so that's to give you an opportunity if you aren't necessarily getting the looks you want or you're not in a position to be looked at you know what i mean or you're not progressing you might be behind and the Mm -hmm. great thing about reclassing is if i reclass in the in the ninth grade and i get to my junior year and i want to reclass back up to my senior year because i have everything i can and i can leave or i can stay so it gives you multiple opportunities and a chance, you know, to, to get where you want to be.
0: Do you think, do you think in this day and age, um, just playing like a, just a kid just strictly playing high school basketball doesn't play AAU or anything like that can still get a look and don't have to go to like private school. Is that those, those things to happen? Cause all I see nowadays is kids running this AAU circle. Then they go to private school, then they, then they, then they get ranked. All the stuff like that. Is he seven foot?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's But like, you know, okay, so it can be done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's just very rare Mm -hmm. that you find a kid that's really talented like that, Mm -hmm. that nobody didn't see. It's crazy now. Because it's nothing you can watch without it being, everything's online, everything's visible, Mm -hmm. everybody plays, you know, everybody talks about it. It's very rare for you to get around here and us not know who can go. You know what I'm saying? So someone's going to pick you up. Now, if you choose not to and you're an absolute stud, you would have to kill whatever you're doing. So if you're playing public school, like, so people try to – you can't use the example – I mean, you can't use the example of DeMarco Dunn because he played on, a, uh, on the circuit. So when he came over here, he already had offers. You see what I'm saying? Just to, but to play in Fayetteville, let's say if we took a kid from Nebraska, if he was a killer and bring him to Fayetteville, he'll get every offer there is because it's hot here. You know, every year it's, it's high Division One guys getting up out of here, and they're playing in the ACC, the Big Ten, you name it. You know what I'm saying? And they're getting heavy minutes, and they're, and they're actually pros and everything else. So people are on notice about this area. And I, I ain't gonna say that I start, I started, or I did it by myself or anything else like. But I have my hand in it, you know. And I'm just excited that we can have our kids have more opportunities to be seen in our hometown. Like when my kids get old enough, my young ones. You know, I, I know that this is going to be a good place Absolutely. if they were to play. You know what I'm saying? They're going to get noticed. Who don't understand? North Carolina has the most colleges per capita, other than South, other than California. If mm. you can't get recruited here, you're not going to get recruited. You, I mean, look at Fayetteville. You know what I'm saying? You you talking about? Um, oh, my bad. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's Fayetteville. So like, you know, when you're what was I saying? I forgot that quick. What was that? What's up? I said, what was I saying? I forgot because the name on cop from y'all. Oh,
0: no, um, not nah, just talking about uh, the talent and faith, the talent and favor. Yeah, there.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in favor, man, you're going to get seen because you got to look at it. Fable States right here, that's Division 2.
0: Campbell, 35
1: minutes away. Uh, St. Andrews, 35 minutes away. Uh, Federal Tech, t- right here. Methodist, Division 3, right here. You know, and then we go an hour or 45 minutes, you go Chapel Hill, you go Duke, you go NC State, you go Wake Forest. If you're not, if you're good enough, they will find you.
0: They will get a little Ain't
1: no excuses no more. And then, and then you're in a day and age where there's footage. Yeah. So you can't lie. Right. The footage can lie, but, it, but, it, but you know, if you know what you're looking at, it can't lie.
0: Exactly. Hey, let's talk about um one one of the kids that you train, man, Um, the young brother, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, you know what I mean, very high recruited, like when he was at NC State, like, you know what I mean? At one time they was looking like he was gonna be the number one pick, but ended up uh you know, slipping a little bit, ended up going to Dallas. Um, I, I right now I feel like his career is in a, a little bit of limbo in New York, a bunch of bunch of point guards, new the Knicks ain't really I don't know what they got going on. like um where, where do you see Dennis Smith Junior's career, like what, right now?
1: Um, he's got some things he's got to work on um, right now. We're not, uh, we're not like in a, at a place where I could necessarily tell him, but I wish I could, but from what I see from my, you know, from having my hands on him for, a, for quite a bit of time and to watch him now as an adult, I'm so proud of him first off, man. And, and I'm glad that, to see one of a kid. Cause for me, people are like, Oh my God, did it, did, whatever they want to say. And I'm like, there's stuff that I show him that I get to watch at that level that works that lets me know that whatever I'm teaching is is, is is good. You see what I'm saying? And then as far as him, you know, he did have an injury. So he plays the hardest position in the league, and one of his issues is moving laterally, right? Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't necessarily defend as well at this level yet. So there's some – and I don't know if it – because he's not been healthy. So I don't necessarily know what's, what's wrong physically with him but I know he's capable of running a team and being amazing. I just think his mindset was, was to score too much early. And I think that he's an amazing distributor. And I think we're missing out on what, how gifted he is. But I think that I don't know who's in his ear and telling him what he needs to do to get his next contract. They may be telling him that he needs to be trying to show that he can shoot or do this or score more or whatever else. But I, I'm letting you know he's a complete player. He's an amazing kid. Um, He's got to get in a good spot. New York's not going to be good. Um, The way things went.
0: He can get lost there. Like, he can really get lost there.
1: And when he went to Dallas, I think, you know, it was just a maturity issue. You know, Mm -hmm. you knew Luka Donick was coming in. You embrace him,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: And and you just make him look good. You stay. You get to get a long contract, and you're fine. You fight it. You think you're better. You say you're better. You know what I'm saying? And so there's times when he has to shoot the game-winning shot and all kinds of stuff because he's a killer. You know, he doesn't know how to be second. He's never had to be, been. So it was just kind of rough with the politics with him in Dallas. So, you know, he had to get out. You know, he he had he, he rubbed some people the wrong way, you know, so he ended up having to go to New York, which is just got caught in there because he was going to get out of there sooner. But, you know, it just was a trash bin. So I think, you know, with this being a contract year and everything else, I know he's focused. I know he's grinding. Um, I just wish I could watch him, you know, just he has to work on his, on his. He has to study more, you know, study. Cause you know, that's the. I don't even know how to tell you how you guard, these type of guys. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a motor for it. So right. you got to get in amazing shape. You and you got to change your mentality. You know, if you, cause it's hard to make to stay in the league a long time. It's mm-hmm. cool to make it, but can you maintain yourself in there? Can you be an asset? And I just want him to, to, to rely less on his athleticism, and to show everybody else that he's a genius. IQ player, he can pick stuff apart like Eric Maynard could uh, and he can finish above the rim like like anyone else we've ever seen. He just has to understand and get his balance. But he has to get in a situation where maybe it's a veteran coach, mm-hmm. you know, that is going to put him under his wing and explain to him what we need from you and put it in within his and understand his limitations and and and, and, and work the thing around that to fix it. So I think he can really, really good. He's He's a top level point guard. But, I mean, you know, to be objectionable, you know, he, there are some things, you know, he has to be more consistent, um, perimeter-wise as far as shooting, and he has to defend better. And then he has to be, you know, he has to have magnetism. He, has to, he needs to be a kid that people want to play around. He needs to make people better. You know, he should have went to New York with the mindset, all right, whatever, I'm going to make Marcus Moore and all these guys uh, the, and he had spurts of it, you know, when the coach is putting you in and out the game and all that. But, you know, I don't like to make excuses because I don't know. I don't like to really comment on millionaires when I ain't no millionaire. But <laughs> from my eyes, as far as basketball, you know, perimeter, defense, study, and just be a model citizen right now. And then when you get in your situation, then you can be the goon. you want. I like the fact that he cut his hair because market-wise that's important. Yeah. Super important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who's some of your, so who's some of your favorite NBA players grow, growing up or your favorite teams? Growing up? Penny
1: Hardaway, <laughs> Michael Jordan,
0: uh, Rod
1: Strickland, you know, and then I watched a lot of Street Ballers. Like, I was just – you know, I loved handles. Like, I, lo- I fell in love with being able to dribble the ball. And I just loved the attention it got that other people couldn't do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my mindset was, you know, I just – With whoever I could study, I was going to steal it, you know. So Kenny Anderson and all those guys, I watched everyone. I watched people locally. I watch. you know, I'm a Duke fan. I'm a Lakers fan. Wait, can I find you so I could talk trash? I hope you're not that that 14-win team. Yes, definitely. Oh,
0: I love it. Definitely, baby. UNC, UNC on day, man. But not the NIT. Are y'all not happy
1: about this pandemic? Did God save y'all?
0: Absolutely, because there was no champion this year. So we, so we, Ooh, but we know who was never gonna be the champion. Hey man, you know what I was watching? The, you know what I was watching the other day. was that? When y'all lost to uh, C.J. McCullough? What was that team? What was uh, we lost to a pro, y'all lost... all star. But that, but that was a 16 seed though. Lehigh. You know, Lehigh. know who was guarding him that game? Come on, man. <laughs> Come <laughs> no on, man, y'all had. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, had Austin. But had
1: people Austin, always start trash, but we didn't lose to scrubs. We lose to people that have top-level pros. Lost to Jason Kidd early. You see what I'm saying? We don't lose to bum teams. And you got to realize that Coach K back then was picking players that would stay four years, not one-and-done guys. So defensively at the point guard position, we struggled. And then we didn't have great bigs. until so later when he started taking one-and-done, then it was even filled. Plumley was a monster though. Well, what do you mean? He didn't block shots. He was athletic. He was cool. We mm-hmm. averaged double double. You know, he's solid.
0: Probably double double. you
1: solid. you solid. You know mm-hmm. he's not like a, a pro. I mean he's not like I mean he's a pro but he's not like a like win the championship piece. You need some more. Mm-hmm. But I mean we don't want to discuss players now, do we? <laughs> you listen- and how your guys don't get any better.
0: <laughs> Damn, we, we were just talking about the goat we were just talking about the goat mj okay yeah
1: you got mj that's all you got i mean you got a couple more but i'm talking about recently when's the last time y'all made somebody get better who comes to carolina to get better certainly what my man brandon did the shot that, that it. what's my man <laughs> none of your seventh woods no one goes to carolina and gets better it's bad Maybe Bryce Johnson got better a little bit, you know. He did. He did. I, I, I Thank don't know God for Cam that. Johnson the year before that, because if y'all didn't get him, y'all would have been in trouble. Right.
0: Transfer. Give me somebody who's getting better at Carolina. I need to know these things. Mm, you might have got me. You, you might you have got me. Damn. Cause yeah, I, man. I, went I, down. I, no I, Dean, I, man. It's I tough. My clothes ain't looking real nice right now. No, and I was hoping you didn't try to point someone out. I was on your head. Our pros is not looking looking really nice right now at all. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know what's 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 happening from I don't know. Which y'all, y'all y'all
1: Dean Roy Williams is your guy and he's he's slowly but surely and then your assistants are old like Hubert Davis and all them. You need to get some youth. you need to bring in Rasheed Wallace or somebody in there so you can have some type of notoriety to bring them kids in. See, we had Jeff Capel. Yeah. He was bringing in all of them. Yeah, you know, we still, he, All his ex-players that can go, they're all the recruits. Yeah. Carolina doesn't have, like, I guess we got Sean May. Who cares if he recruits me? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, Stop, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out a Carolina plan. Like, you should have brought back Rashad McKee.
0: Hey, man. Hey, one day, I was ra- yeah, one day I was randomly in Fitness Connection hooping, just some after work playing some pickup. And I look. I said, "Yo, that's Rashad McCants." I couldn't. I couldn't. I was like, "Why this nigga?" And he Fitness was so Connection? good. He was good, and and he was he was busting ass at Fitness Connection that day. Like, this was, this, was like <laughs> this was like it was like two or three years ago, and I was like, "Damn, this." And nigga was looking like, looking at me like, "Nigga, do not ask for a picture." You know, please don't. <laughs> that nigga was. That nigga. Was I'd have been crazy. like, "How dare you!" Yeah. Niggas from UNC hate his ass because they feel like he snitched. Oh, he did snitch. It is crazy because
1: his sister went to school there so she can't even yeah. show up because of yeah. him.
0: Yeah, she hoops yeah she
1: y'all stay having issues with people talking about it. Ty Lawson talking about how Roy tried to jerk you didn't
0: see that Yeah, I don't know Ty Lawson man you look cool for cocoa pups what to,
1: uh, Ty Lawson said that everybody like every coach in the NBA said that Roy Williams gave him a, gave a bad report about him when they were trying to look to see to bring him back in. Said he was an alcoholic and all this other stuff.
0: He did get DUI. Who didn't? <laughs> right. I mean, JJ got a DUI, too. He came Here we back go. Back when, he first came in, when he first came in the NBA, too, bro. Um, cha- Changing gears real quick. Um, Man, I remember, boy, used to used to definitely be a hothead and, you know, be wild and <laughs> But one of the beautiful things I've seen, man, uh, you found your queen, man, and um, and um, you know you got you got married, and I you know I seen the, seen the pictures on Facebook on the, in the video, Be- beautiful beautiful wedding, man. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, man. Talk about you know what I mean maturing and finding your queen, bro.
1: Well, it's, it's it's work. I tell you that, and especially a person like I was, you know what I'm saying, where I just didn't ever see myself getting married. I didn't see myself, you know being able to commit and submit to another person. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just so much pride swallowing, mm-hmm. you know? And you gotta just, you you always gotta work. You can't be in other people's business. You can't be watching other people and thinking y'all should be where they're at. And you just can focus on your own. But you know, it helps slow me down. It helps, also it legitimizes you, you know what I'm saying? People will just see you as a person that's all out in the streets and doing other stuff. You get married, you have kids, uh, now I feel comfortable around him. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, Steven cool. grew up. He slowed down. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Now I could have been doing what I was supposed to do, but it's, it's the view. You know, and I had to learn the game, you know, cut your locks. Um, you know, my wife played ball the way for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's all in our family. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Her dad was a Hall of Famer and my dad's a Hall of Famer.
0: Wow. How, how, how far do y'all go back? How, how did you, real quick, how did y'all meet?
1: Um, I used to train his sister. I never actually saw her play. You know, she's from Terry Sanford. She ended playing at Wake Forest. She was a standout, really good. And um, this is about the time I was coming back. Chris Wilson was around here. He and then it was like her sister was playing. About that next year, I got her year and a half, and um, I just started training her. And when I was training her, you know, we met, we talked, we laughed, we joked, and we really hung out for maybe an entire year of just being friends. And we played spades. Probably like 200 times we never lost together. It was crazy. Like, chemistry was nuts. Could you imagine never losing with somebody? Like, never, never, (laughs) look at me, never, never whooped. All my boys, Corinne, everybody whooped. We would never lose. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we went out, everything was good. You know, it was all love. Like, it was just, I just found, you know, my person. I found the one, you know, who, who understands me, who loves the game like I love it, you know, or she loves it enough to where, you know, she supports me. You know, that was, she was already hustling out here. You, you, are you doing an interview with you? Who are you, at? you know, I like that. I, can I be out here? Can I, yeah. You know <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it, it's a huge adjustment, but I'd have never got where I'm at without making that next step. And it's not, you do it when you're ready, you know, but, it's not for the faint hearted, you're gonna be mad, you're gonna be angry, you're gonna wanna quit, you're gonna listen to other people that are gonna tell you that you're right, and sometimes you're gonna be dead wrong, and sometimes they wrong, you still gotta, you know what I'm saying, take up the slack, cause you ain't perfect. And you know, it's good to have a person in your corner that doesn't, that gives you balance, homeostasis, you know, you wanna have a person that, you know what I'm saying, when you tripping or you're responding, like, you know, with a person like me, it's funny you said that, like, uh, I'm I'm ADHD, so, like, my brain, I'm, like, very, uh, what do you call it? Like, in, in situations and stuff, I don't think before I act. You know what I'm saying? Very, very consistent. So, like, what I had to learn how to do is bring people around me that weren't like that. You know, mm-hmm. so if you meet any of my close friends, they're all laid back, chill, and cool. I'm the only one that's kind of outspoken in the free spirit. Mm-hmm. My, my, my wife is the same exact way. She's very chill and laid back. Now, she can be funny, but, like, you know, she's very good balance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know... Sometimes you could be on a thousand. Right, man.
0: absolutely. So, so speak on speak. speak there she on is right there. Uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> she said no. Where would it go? Hello. Speak Hello. on um, speak on being a father, man. Very inspirational videos when I see you and your wife in the driveway with your daughter, just putting in that work early, man. It's like you talked about it earlier, uh, you know about you know your daughter didn't want to leave you at three. But, um, you know, just every day now, being a father, putting that work in with your daughter, man, what, what's that like?
1: Well, man, you know, really the funny thing is none of my kids want to play basketball right now.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> none of them. Like, none of them listen. You know, it, it's just very hard. It's difficult, you know. And you don't want to push them into it and make them. But, you know, as far as, like, this training, you know, I, I used to train in the gym. You know, when I accepted this new position at K for Christian Academy, the guy told me I would never be able to use that gym since I took that job. And I was like, well, whatever, I'll still figure it out. So, you know, my clients and everybody still wanted to get better. And so, you know, my wife, she's a certified trainer and she do Vertimax. You know, she's a lawyer too, so she's like superwoman. Mm. She was able to help me balance and organize. And so, you know, consistently day to day, you know, we knock out clients and get it done and help kids get better. You know, everybody else out here struggling, fussing, loot and everything else i'm trying to take the kids mind off of it so you know we're over here working on you know building for the future so all of them want to play in the next level or go to college or do all these other things with it and so you know i'm able to sit there and mentor them and talk to them about my experiences and push them and you know i've done a really good job i have a very good background with it i have a very good reputation you know and I, i i worked very hard to get where i'm at because it was super hard. Initially, people didn't really take me serious. Nobody was doing basketball training or any of those other things. And I just took a chance. I started my own LLC, you know, and I just kind of like pushed it. And my father and everyone else, there's a lot of people in the community helped me to get where I was at. And it took some time for me to get where I was in a position where I could actually receive the blessings that were already there for me. So, you know, it's within your own time, but it's amazing to be able to spend time and work with my kids. And with my wife and to be at home. And this pandemic was awful on one end, but on the other end, you got to enjoy your family, get to learn more about them, and get to spend time and crime and do a lot of stuff. So I think it, it it had a double meaning to it, you know. So for me right now, like, you know, I like I just got I just had a meeting with my coach. I mean with my um school, you know, we're about to open the gym, so things are about to open up. So, you know, hopefully this year, if everything works out correctly, I am gonna have a mob squad. Mm. You're invited have your popcorn ready? We gonna be tough to beat.
0: Absolutely, God
1: has man. blessed me, and people are gonna pay.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I like to come. I like to come see that in person. Come see that in person. Um, I, I can't. I can't uh, get off this interview without you know speaking a little bit about the uh, you know things that's going on in the world, and I'll transition in by saying the, um, the coach for uh, UNC Central. Uh, made a statement about you know some of these uh powers oh she's
1: not speaking
0: yeah uh you know they they definitely need to speak out about these issues that we're dealing with right now in the world because these uh, these um young african-american kids coming in you know they coming into the to our houses and talking to our parents and you know they need to know like like what would you do you know if you know, if one, if something happened, you know, would you protect so, my
1: kid? Basically, protect like my kid. See, the funny thing is that, well, it's not funny. It hits me hard because you know uh, Floyd is my cousin, my third cousin. They're, they're it's my family, so it's crazy. I was talking to my other cousin because we didn't, I didn't know him personally, but I knew his dad really well. They grew up with my mom and stuff. He just ended up living in Texas. Because his uh his his mother moved there and, and married someone else, but it's a whole other story I'm going to, but all I'm going to say is like you know um I know that I know that it, it's, it's very difficult when you lose a, a family member, you know, but I'm about being proactive. you know now I'm a mourn him, I'm a pray, and I'm going to be there and support, and I love him, but my goal is what's next, you know, so I think that it helped our family because my day and age group hasn't been doing their job as far as family reunions and keeping contact and us knowing who's who and being able to help each other. You know, we didn't know that he was going through that, whatever he was going through. So mm-hmm. we could have probably been in a position where he do not got to go all the way to Minnesota if we had a discussion or we didn't know what's up, or we'd have been more on our dean about where's cousin this and who's this and where's that. Well, you know, you got family members here, you know, and network and keep it together. And, you know, you get so isolated, you get so locked in to grinding on your own and raising your, your immediate family. You forget about all the other clean that can make it a lot easier. So it just opened our eyes to being in a position where we're like, you know, we're going to change how we handle stuff. And as a coach, you know, my values never change. I'm a Christian. I'm consistent. I'm always going to do what's best for the kids because at the end of the day, it's going to come back to you, you know? So you always want to do right by people. And no matter if they're not doing right by you, because you're not going to get the results you want if you're doing something to be petty or whatever else. So I've always had to learn, no matter what people have to say, no matter what happens to you, to just stay consistent and doing what's the right thing. And you're going to always be blessed. So that's been a hard lesson for me. I've learned a lot of hard ways. I, you know, to get where I'm at, to be a head coach, I should have been in a lot of other directions. But then again, maybe it was supposed to work this way. So I'm happy. I'm embracing it. And I appreciate you even have opportunities like you, you know, asking me to come interview me. You know, I'm just a regular person from Fayetteville. But you know, if I can say something that could possibly shed some light or help someone else or motivate them to try to, you know, get where they need to be, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I mean, this, this weekend in Fayetteville, man. Um, any any thoughts on you know the rioting and you know the things going on right 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 in your backyard?
1: I just pray for everybody, man. You know, I wanted to go out there and pass all waters and stuff, but it's so risky. Absolutely. You know you just you don't want to put your family I got younger kids in the house you don't want to put your family at risk being around all these people and if something happens to you who's home to protect your family absolutely so you got you got to make decisions you know you got to decide what makes sense and what doesn't make sense I don't I don't judge how people decide to handle this situation because I'm not in a position to judge all I know is as far as me I'm gonna make there's gonna be a betterment amongst my family and it's me be a betterment amongst any people around me I'm gonna be an asset as far as if they need me, I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to be able to console with me and I'm going to always love and always treat, you know what I'm saying? That, you know, unity is there and that thing can happen. It just has to start, like everyone said, with communication. People have to accept the fact that this is happening and people don't realize that as a people we're cursed, you know, but that's a whole nother conversation that, you know, <laughs> people don't want to really get into, but they got to realize that every leader, every person that's came to here, there's a reason why they went down. And there's a reason why we're in the position we're in now. There's a way to work around and work through this, but they gotta accept that portion as well. You know what I'm saying? Don't just think this is happening for no reason. There's a reason why this keeps happening to us. It's a reason we were his favorite people. So, you know, I I have a different view on it. And you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to be just positive. You know what I mean? Just don't let the negative stuff get around you. Don't let people try to talk you into doing things that you wouldn't normally do,
0: you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, man, I, I'm hoping, man, you. Ha- so, this your first year being like uh a, a head, like being the head coach of a varsity team. Absolutely, man. So, my, my, definitely, my prayers. My, uh, I pray the season comes. You know, like, can <laughs> you imagine your first time ever getting an opportunity and everything's perfect and then no season, no. season. <laughs> that's crazy. I, exactly. Well, we'll talk soon. That's 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 your slogan. <laughs> We'll talk soon. We'll talk
1: man. soon. Absolutely.
0: Man, Absolutely. and before I let you go, man, talk, talk about those mixtapes, a uh, video that you be putting out there for your kids. Um, I really don't get paid cool.
1: for them a lot of times. It's just to help our kids. You know, I, I go a lot throughout the season. I'll pick out top games, and I'll go record, and I'll cut up the film for them so the city, you know, the city can see what talent we have so we can support. A lot of times people don't really recognize what's up under us until they're gone. A lot of people didn't come watch Junior when he was really good. A lot of people didn't come – and just now we had a state championship team with the girls, and nobody knew about any of the players on the team. That's why I I, know I went and hustled and was trying to do footage and try to just get the kids seen, you know, on the back end, you know, because it's good for our city the more talent we have. People don't understand that. So, you know, your footage is, 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 your, is your portfolio. It's what gets you in the door. So we need to get these kids, many kids with all this talent that are doing what they're supposed to do out of here and where they want to go. So, the, the main way, the fastest way to do it with coaches is you need to have footage. So, if I'm in a position to do footage and they can't afford it, so what? Get mm-hmm. it done. Help them out, it'll come back to you one day. So, when I do mixtapes and stuff at halftime, it was just something I spent hours on that I just felt like the kid deserved it. You know, and I'm not amazing, I'm decent. You know what I'm saying? I taught myself, I studied Adobe, been doing it for years before was people was doing it.
0: It was dope, it was dope. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the triple screen,
1: like it was <laughs> Yo, I got, I'm ADHD. <laughs> I'm impulsive. I need to have multiple action
0: going on.
1: Because I was like, well, how can I market my business and show your highlights? Ah, cool.
0: yeah, it's, it's really dope. But one time for Coach Steve, man, man, I thank you. I thank you so much for jumping on here. Didn't, wasn't a whole lot of running around politics. I asked you once, hey, man, why don't you come on Best Conversations, talk about what the things you're doing in the community and, you know, the kids you're mentoring. He was like, hell yeah. And I was like, Damn. My G, man. But man, peace, blessings, much blessing to your family, to your queen, to your children. Stay safe out there in the field, man. And I hope, I hope that you get the, uh, you know, get your, your your coaching thing off the ground. Hope COVID I hope thing. I see you in the building, man. Hold me to it. Hold me to it. Just shoot me. Just shoot me the schedule. And I and I'm definitely. I'm, I'm fine, have I want you, to but come. I
1: kind of want you to see them beforehand. So when the gym starts really buzzing, I want you just to take a peek.
0: Okay. Say, say less, say less, man. Well, coach Steve, man, I appreciate it, man. I hope you have a good night, man. Uh, this will be out, uh, in the next couple of days and, um, uh, man, it's all good, bro. I think we lost coach Steve, but all right, this was best conversations podcast. Uh, thank everybody for listening watching. Um, Everybody out there, stay safe, stay blessed, stay prayed up. I know it's a crazy time, but only only way we're going to get better is with love and love and love and positive vibration. So, you know, I definitely understand people's frustration. I 100%, 100% understand people's frustration. But the only way we're going to get better is by love. Nothing but love, man. Best Conversations podcast. I catch you on the next one. Uh, after this episode, we got uh, the Unfiltered Podcast boys coming up. We're going back to AMI Studio to record that, and you catch you can catch me on the, on the Unfiltered Podcast. Uh, I was on the, one of the episodes whenever whenever that drops. Um, what else? What else? What else? We got going on. Um, happy birthday to my daughter Nala! I want to say happy birthday to her. She turned seven Saturday. And happy birthday to my boy, Big V. His birthday was the day after. Peace, blessings. You know, I always end it like this, man. Keep God first and everything will work, it, work itself out, man. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay prayed up. Best Conversations podcast. We out. <laughs>